Yoga has been evolving from ancient India to the multi-million dollar industry that it is now. There are many styles, forms, and philosophies that are offered. From traditional Hatha Yoga, as it was taught by the original yogis in India, to heavy metal yoga, yoga with goats, naked yoga, beer yoga, and whatever you can think of. In this podcast, I will speak with Maya, the resident yoga teacher at Eden. She has been practicing yoga since the beginning of 2000 and teaching for over a decade now. So Maya, how did yoga first come into your life and how did it affect you? Well, um, I remember seeing yoga books in my parents' house when I was still a child. And I also know that my mother and aunt practiced sometimes and I joined them, but it wasn't really serious. It was kind of a fun thing to do. And also my father, he had this phase in which he was meditating a lot and he, like he always used to do, he wanted me to read the, the same books. And it was mostly about Tibetan Buddhism and the Book of Death and all those things. I was really interested in that, but I also remember that I didn't really, really understand what that was about. But the first... How old were you at that time? Um, I think it was about 12 oh. years old or something. And I've always been interested oh, in wow. India, like the... You know, the, the paintings and the even the smell of incense and all these mysterious things, they always kind of had this draw to me. But the first yeah. time I really practiced yoga, that was in Amsterdam in the beginning of 2000. I was beginning 20s then. And I was in a theater school and it was part of the, the classes that we got. And I really, yeah, it was love at first sight. I always loved to stretch my body and to move. I was also very active in dancing. But the way I felt after the yoga and the meditation and the breath, it really it really made me feel so peaceful and calm and focused at the same time. And I had never experienced that before. So after that What style of yoga? What style of yoga was that? That was just that, that was Hatha Yoga. It was I know it was an older okay. man, a teacher from California. He was also an actor and he was, he kind of had this Buddhistic kind of energy around him. And it was a very calm form of so yoga. You, yeah. You didn't start with yoga with goats or naked yoga or being yoga? <laughs> no, actually not. I do naked dancing yoga in my house sometimes, but I don't teach that. I think that's something people should okay. do for themselves if they want to. Yeah. It's actually very nice to do that, but um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't need a class for that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, but after that first, is then is then uh, yeah. No, is is then hatha yoga? You fell in love with it. Is that the style that you that you love the most, or or which style are you now the most interested in, and and in the past as well? Is it changing, evolving over time? Uh, actually, it has been because after that first class, I started exploring other yoga classes at that time i think there were only like three yoga studios in amsterdam and now they have one on every corner of the street almost um so i tried some kundalini yoga which gave me a lot of energy that was amazing but i think because i was dancing a lot so that was the thing that most resonated with me i really fell in love with vinyasa yoga that's what i also started to do when i did my first teacher training But now that I've been yeah. teaching and practicing for so long, the very dynamic moving practice is starting to slow down again. So I really 
also fell in love with the very slow meditative form. So it really depends on my mood, actually. I love the very dynamic, sweaty practices, but then I think the most powerful ones are the ones that bring me to stillness and really um, focus on meditation, actually. Because eventually yeah. that is yeah, what it's you're... about to me. Yeah. Yeah, now you are teaching both, right? In, in, in At Eden, in the morning, you do a more uh, vinyasa-style class, and in the evening, it's more slow. Is it more like yin yoga, or um, how do you call it in the, the afternoon class that you teach? Um, it is... Restorative? It could be... Well, it is a little bit like yin yoga, because uh, the poses are held for a long time, like longer than a minute, um, and it's mostly about relaxing all the unnecessary muscles. But the... The practice I love to teach most is actually from the traditional Tantra yoga. And it is also um, comparative to restorative yoga because you do restore when you relax. Uh, but it's um, it's a sequence that follows the same poses in the same order. So it's very different from the creative, intuitive vinyasa style that I teach in the morning. But it yeah. brings you in a very deep state of meditation and deep relaxation. And it's almost like you flow into a state of trance. And that's where real transformation yeah. kind of starts to begin. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember that you, that you said something in Amsterdam that you um, yeah, felt really bad or depressed or something like that. At that time, uh, were, you, were you practicing yoga? Did, did yoga help you at that time? Um, actually, maybe it even brought me deeper into the depression. It sounds a little bit weird, <laughs> but because of I, because I practiced yoga and meditation and I learned to go deeper into myself, I became much more sensitive and you kind of open your eyes to who you really are. And somehow I didn't fit into that society anymore. And I tried really hard to, you know, to do what I was supposed to do, you know, go to work, make money, pay your bills, this whole kind of, um, well, the kind of rat race that most of us are used to living like. But in the end, it started to, uh, I started to resist that so much that I really fell into a deep depression. And looking back, I'm actually very grateful for it because that made me realize I needed to change. So I changed. It took a couple of years, of course. First, I moved from Amsterdam to Hilversum to live closer to the forest and be closer to nature because I felt that was what I needed. And after two years in Hilversum, I realized that I really needed a complete change. So I gave up my house. I gave up, you know, I sold my car and I started to travel and I started to teach internationally and that's what I'm still doing three years later. So is it also, like you said, like, okay, I have to go maybe a little bit deeper into the depression. Like what you see in a lot of people, they struggle with, with some things in life and they look for distractions. They go to party, they, they drink a lot. Oh, yeah. I did that too, um, by the way. <laughs> they go to France and all the things. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know if it's a suggestion or like uh, you think it's better to sometimes just sit with the pain and go deeper in your in your practice in yoga or meditation or just go. Maybe you feel more down when you sit with it, but at the end you feel much better than just look for the distraction over and over and over again. And you 
go three years, five years, 10 years in partying, drinking, or, or whatever you do to not feel the pain. And the pain will be much harder at the end than just sit with it for a while. Yeah, I definitely recognize it. Because of course, you know, living in Amsterdam, being young, I did all of that. You know, I experimented with with drugs and, and partying. And I also had a really good time. But then again, um, yeah, when you start growing and realizing what life is really about, then I don't know, I just needed to change. And I know that in many cases, and I even see that happening uh, with some friends of mine, they have a burnout or a depression and they run to a doctor or a psychiatrist. And especially, I know that people in the United States do that a lot. They get medicine. Like, oh, you're depressed. Here is a pill and it, it it'll make you feel better so you can at least do your job. But that presses away what the real problem is. And usually, um, if our life doesn't resonate with our true self or our true purpose to make it more spiritual of course we will start to feel resistance and i definitely believe that it's good to sit with the pain and to go deeper and really do the shadow work and that is something that is very known in well, a lot of a lot of spiritual practices but also in tantra um the shadow work actually allows us to look in the mirror and get to know what is not serving us anymore. And kind of when you learn to dance with the shadow and with the sides of yourself that usually we tend to run away from, that is when you really learn um, what you need. What do you really want? What is it that makes you, you know, what is it that makes your heart sing? What do you want yeah. to live for? And I think to, to go through the pain is the only way to evolve as a person, not by running away from it every time. Yeah. Uh, I, you and, and, and me are answering the, the emails from Eden. And I've noticed that a lot of people, a lot of guests, they're struggling at the moment. They said like, okay, the last month or the last six months or the last year, I felt depressed. I felt really bad in the situation, what's going on now. I feel like at Eden, you're almost... Uh, um, are a psychologist for them? <laughs> do, you, do you feel do you feel the same? Uh, yeah, but I also, you know, sometimes people come with serious problems, and I do before they even arrive here. I make it really clear that that's not what we do here. We mm. offer a safe container. Um, we hold space for them, but if they're on medicine or if they actually have a therapist that they go to. I kind of ask them to please stay in touch with them because that is not, we are yoga teachers. We are not doctors. We're not therapists. Yeah. And although yoga has an absolute uh, transformative and therapeutic effect, we cannot take the place of a therapist. So I try to keep that distance and not, you know, get involved in that. But by practicing yoga, meditation, and doing these beautiful rituals that we do here, like the cacao ceremonies, a lot of things actually break open and they learn to look at themselves in a new way and they actually become better in being their own healer. And that is really beautiful to see. So that is something. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga gives you uh, more insights into yourself. So that is where people uh, kind of get in that space of growing and healing themselves. So maybe when they go back, yeah. they will not, need those medicines anymore that would be a great thing of course yes, you, 
you kind of yeah give them the tools in yoga and the ceremonies that they have a toolbox and they go home and they maybe don't need uh, other help from outside and they can find love and and their own help and their own healing process yeah exactly and i also believe that it's really yeah. good to have a therapist or to talk with someone to because even in yoga um i think yoga breaks you open or it brings light of awareness to certain aspects of yourself but i think it's also very good to look for ways to actually find help if you're stuck somewhere um therapy can definitely help you um with you know gaining yeah. strength again and and finding new insights so i think the combination is the most amazing thing Yeah, yeah, some people they feel like ashamed or something like that to to look for help to find a psychologist or just a friend to talk about it, and uh, that's definitely not a good idea. It's always good to be vulnerable, and if you're stuck with something or feel feel not good in life, to to ask for help to other people. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yoga is a big hype nowadays, uh, and there are many forms and styles and philosophies that are taught as yoga. So how do you relate to the com commercialized yoga industry at the moment? Hmm, that is a very good question because it's very much something that I struggle with. Um, for instance, if you look at Instagram or other social medias, um, if you look at the yoga accounts that have the most followers, you see beautiful, perfect models or ex-ballet dancers, and they usually are in perfect yoga poses the kind of poses that most of us can only dream about. And then they quote these beautiful spiritual wisdoms while they're doing splits and bikini strings or whatever. And although they're promoting positive thinking, you know, love and light, and, you know, they speak of the law of attraction, like whatever you attract is what you deserve. Or if you think positive, you will attract positivity. And although these are all beautiful things, and I think, They definitely inspire people to live a better kind of life. Um, I also believe that just like the fashion industry or Hollywood, this is not a reflection of reality. And also the physical perfection is absolutely not what yoga is about. And of course, if we become stronger or more flexible in our bodies, we also, um, and this happens when we practice regularly, This has a positive effect on our mental and emotional state. So there is that side to it. But if you look at yoga as a spiritual practice, and that is how I like to see it, it is more than just doing poses. And traditionally, the poses of yoga, the asanas, they were just meant to prepare our body to be able to relax and to sit still for a long period so that we can learn to meditate. And in this state of meditation, that is where the magic happens. And when our um, body, our mind, our heart, and our soul merge together, and that is even literally what the yoga word, the word yoga means, it means union. I mean, that is when we start to see things as they really are. And when we see that, we will learn that we are an intrinsic part of nature. We are the universe and we are all connected together with everything around. And so we are basically every living creature. And when you realize that from experience, 
you kind of naturally evolve into a better person because when you hurt someone or when you hurt an animal, you hurt yourself. And I kind of believe that I hope one day that will happen if, if we would be taught meditation and yoga from an early age on in schools all over the world, the world would be a better place. There would be as much violence or, you know, I think the wealth and abundance would be more fairly shared equally. And um, that is, to me, what yoga is about. And that is definitely not what is being promoted in this yoga commercialized industry it, i see a lot of spiritual egos and um look at me being pretty you know and again there's nothing wrong with that but if people that don't know what yoga is look at that i think they're getting a very wrong kind of a, uh, impression and yeah i struggle with that sometimes to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah beautiful set um yeah, I know that that a lot of people, if you ask, yeah, do you want to join a yoga class? They say, no, 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 I'm not flexible enough. I'm not strong enough. Exactly. And I think like, okay, it's not about that. And me as a yoga teacher, I'm like, not, I'm not flexible at all. So first of all, I thought, okay, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm not flexible. How people can like look, look at me like as a yoga teacher, but now, after I, I read all the yeah all the yoga books and the eight limbs of yoga, in all the eight limbs of yoga, there's just one part that's about the asanas, the poses. Yes, and exactly. all the other seven parts, it's a whole different uh, game. So I try to relate to other people, like to say I'm a yoga teacher and I'm I'm not flexible, and that's totally fine because it's it's not about that. We try to be uh, better every day in our own practice. It's not a it's not a competition. Um, so if you try to, to be a little bit, yeah, more flexible, you can uh, meditate and you can sit still a, a, a longer time. That's the kind of the only reason we do it. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to be a little bit stronger and more flexible over time because you feel better overall, but it's not a, not a match, not a competition. No, exactly. Yeah. And that is also, um, what I really love about Eden here. This is basically how you and Kelly set up the, the retreat center. I mean, there is a lot of nice, challenging yoga classes, but the most important thing that all of us give to the people is before we start is explaining that, well, we're going to challenge ourselves, but from a place of love. So, so what does yoga mean to you? Um, for me, yoga, especially now, is more like a way of life so it's much much bigger than the daily practice on the mats just like you just explained you know uh, even in the traditional yoga philosophy the eight limbs of yoga the asana practice is just one little part of it and yeah to me it really helped me to grow awareness and accept reality as it is so the philosophy to me is very inspiring um, but the practice is, for me, the most important because it integrates the wisdom, the meditation, the breath, the movement, so the full practice. And, of course, as a teacher, we are taught a lot about anatomical alignment. And I think this is very important in the beginning of the yoga journey because you want to be able to practice safely. But when you grow in your practice, 
I don't really focus on that physical part anymore, you know, the alignment or um, the technique. Of course, when I teach classes, I do care about that. But once the alignment and the technique becomes intuitive, the same thing happens when you learn to drive a car or a bike or whatever you're doing. Once you the technique is integrated, you don't have to think about it anymore. And then you move out of the head and then this flow happens. You know, flow is actually also very much what yoga is about to me, a state of flow. When things just synchronize and they, they just go like, you know, um, when you want something or you, yeah, you focus you're... on it, it just happens. You know, you don't have to fight for it anymore. What, what did yeah, you want to say? Beautiful set. It's like, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, that's an, an important thing to just go out of our head and into our body. And uh, when I when I did my uh, yeah, professional tennis career, I know mm-hmm. when you are when you are playing a match and you come into flow, you are not thinking anymore. You are just like going in a rhythm. All goes automatically, mm-hmm. and that's what we kind of strive in, in in a yoga flow as well. To just not think anymore. To just focus on your breath, and then you just your body is going without analyzing all the things that you're doing yeah. and that's like the most uh, beautiful um, state uh, state of being uh, that you can that you can have absolutely and of course i think when you do yoga classes um the teacher tells you what to do and they will tell you put your hand here and open your heart up or whatever so then you're still following someone and that is an amazing process to open up the body. But once you start to do your own practice at home without anybody telling you what to do, um, in the beginning, it can be weird, like, oh, what should I do? So you're still in your head. But once you, um, yeah, can let go and go beyond that, then that is really amazing. So that is what I would wish all the yoga students do, to move towards to your own practice on your own mats. And then actually a more important thing even is, this is something my teacher used to tell me, real yoga actually begins when you step off your mat. So we practice yoga to to kind of melt, to merge and become one with the present, with ourselves, all the aspects of ourselves. But um, what happens when you step off your mat? If you go to your daily life, to your jobs, um, if you become immediately stressed or if you're still a nasty, selfish person to your environment, then what is the point of doing the yoga? So to me, the state of flow and love and bliss that you're in while you're practicing, that is what we want to take off the mats into the world. And that is also when you, you know, when you smile to an old lady or when you smile to someone, they will pass that smile onward. So I think really in that very simple way we can make the world a little bit better so i think it's about um, passing on the the bliss that you get from your own practice to your own environment so that is eventually what yoga can do and that is the beauty of it yeah if we are uh, going back to the eight limbs of yoga the first two limbs are also about your own um your own purpose in, into the world, what you give uh, to yourself and how you react and how, how, how are you to other people around you? Yes, the, the yamas right? so and the, the, the niyamas. First steps is, yeah, yes. the first step is, is looking at that and, uh, and what is all 
of the mat and the third the third limb of of yoga is is on the mat so mm -hmm. it starts all uh all off the mat basically yes yeah i think it's really interesting and also of course for all yoga teachers that start i also started there i started to teach in gyms and it was just doing poses um and then when you evolve even in those fitness and gyms and the yoga studios um, that were not so much about the philosophy I always ended in five minute meditations and in those five minutes I would just you know give a little bit of the philosophy and then those students started to become more interested and they start to read books and maybe yeah some of them even went to do a real teacher training so you know it's totally fine that it starts with the physical body because we live in a material world we live in a We are very visually uh, oriented and it's, you know, it's okay to start from that material, physical place. And then once the practice actually hits you or when it grabs you, I think people will go from there and then they will find their own path. And eventually they will incorporate the mind and the heart and, and all these beautiful philosophies as well. Yeah. yeah. So when we go back to that, you you started maybe also in in a gym, and that's a real nice entry point to to start with your physical body, your mental health, and and all those those things. So how did your practice evolves now? So can you give an example of how the practice helps you now in your daily life? Um, yes. Um, I basically keep learning so much about myself all the time. Because especially thanks to the tantric yoga that I've been like the last five years really um, passionate about, it basically helps you to drop layer after layer, kind of peeling off all the, the false layers of masks, conditionings, belief systems that are not really real, uh, traumas, old stress. I mean, we've got so much... Um, unreal um, belief systems that we have taken on like you know whatever your parents expect of you or what your friends your peers want from you and you know everything that is being projected on us especially as a young child we kind of take it for granted and then when you grow up and you do a spiritual practice you somehow you start to realize that that's not really who you are at all And this yoga and tantra practice have really helped me to shed all these layers that don't really belong to me. And in that process, you get more sensitive, more real. It's not always easy. You know, like I told you, I it also caused me some depressions and struggles and not feeling at home in this world anymore. And I'm still kind of struggling with that also. Like, okay, I'm a, I'm a yogi. I'm not really interested in the material world, but I have to live in it still. It is a part of reality. I have to make money. I have to make sure that I have, um, you know, income when I'm older, when I might not be able to teach anymore. So I have to balance this materialistic um, lifestyle with, with my spiritual beliefs. And I'm slowly getting there, but it's, it's an interesting journey. Um, but most importantly, To me, what yoga has done is I have really opened up to Mother Nature and the, you know, the mysteries of the universe and how 
they connect to everything, but especially my own feminine nature, my sexuality, my desires, and and also that light that it brings to my shadow side. So the parts of myself that I find hard to accept, but that is, yeah, I guess that is the beauty of it, that it's a process of learning and growing and it never, ever stops. And um, every day we get to challenge ourselves and embrace ourselves and surrender to what is what is reality. And once we surrender and accept something, then we are able to let it go. And then when we let it go, we're, you know, we can move forward and transform and and be a new person in a way, a new, better me. So it's yeah. definitely, that's one last thing I want to say. Like a lot of yoga cultures that I see are all talking about love and light and positive thinking. You know, don't think negative, you know, just be positive. And I really do not believe in that because... The truth is we all have shadow. We all have darkness. If there would be dark, no darkness, there would be no light. So I really love what Leonard Cohen sings, that there is a crack in everything. That is how the light gets in. So to anybody who's listening, just learn to embrace whatever is negative or, or dark inside you and don't run away from it because there is a lesson in it. You know, It's very valuable. And uh, that is also something I learned through yoga to really accept myself yeah. in all aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful said. I, uh, I've seen that viewed in the last year. I think it was for you like really tough. Uh, you were kind of stuck in Costa Rica and uh, didn't know where to, where to go. <laughs> and then you brought all your lessons that you have learned in the last 10 years um, yeah, to yourself to cope with the situation. And I think for that reason, um, because of yoga and all what you have learned, um, you learned the lessons from it and you accepted the situation and the situation was very tough. You could go all left or right, but you just sat, sat down and still with all the uncomfortable uh, things that you had. And um, yeah, you were mentally really strong. Yeah. Yeah. True. So also, so, yeah, even yeah, now yeah. looking, and I hope for most people, eventually that will be the case, but also what the whole pandemic is teaching us, um, we kind of are forced to stand still for a moment. And that is something that our society, since the industrialization and since machines were brought into the world, and especially with all the computers and technology, we just rush forward. Everything is moving so fast and suddenly we're forced to stand still. And that is super uncomfortable for everybody. And I think eventually, you know, there is a great lesson for everybody, although it's tough at this moment. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm curious to see what it will reveal in the near future. And I'm sure it's not all yeah. bad. There is always two sides to everything. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, um, um, let me ask you something now. Because <laughs> uh, I've been talking so yeah. much. What role has yoga played in your life? And especially looking at the development of Eden. Um, yeah, so I started with a lot of different styles of yoga. 
So I was playing uh, yeah, professional tennis and my coach and the people around me, they said, yeah, you have to be more flexible. You have to be stronger mentally and things like that. So I started to check out which yoga uh, styles there were. So I did Bikram, I did Hatha, Vinyasa, uh, Hot Yoga, like, yeah, everything basically. Um, and that helped me a lot in my, in my, in my childhood during tennis. Um, yeah, regarding my childhood, I had, I had a tough childhood. So my mother had a mental disorder. My father was a drug and alcohol uh, addicted person. So mm-hmm. I had to go my own way. So I had to find a way to be strong. And I think tennis helped me a lot and yoga helped me a lot because after school, that were the only two things that, that I have done. I could go smoking uh, on the street or whatever, but um, yeah, yoga and sports helped me to, yeah, to, to give purpose in life. Um, so I did, yeah, like every week I did three times uh, a week yoga um, to be stronger, to be more flexible, but also to be mentally um, yeah, stronger in, in the things that I had in my, in, my, uh, in my situation at home, but also to handle the stress and difficult situation in my sports career, to basically sit still with the uncomfortable things that I had. And I learned that through yoga because you just, it's the same when you do meditation. Uh, you know, I, my hip is not good. So every time I have like pain on my hip or my back hurts, and of course, it's sometimes you have to stop because the pain is not good. It's better to stop. But a lot of times it's just an un- uncomfortable situation, uncomfortable pain. And you have to just go through it. You sit with it, you breathe. And the next uh, stage in your life um, will come. Um, so, so that's, yeah, that I learned through yoga. So it helps me in my sports, but it helped me also in the business that I'm running. Because when you have a business, uh, you come into really difficult situations. I had it before, a business in Holland, and now I have it in Eden. Um, yeah, every time, every week, every uh, month, you get you have to deal with uncomfortable situations. Um, right now, with, uh, with COVID, um, yeah, we just had to sit like three months or like four or five months to, to sit with it. We couldn't go anywhere. We just were at Eden. We had in the beginning no guests. And just because of yoga, we could handle this situation. Yeah, yeah, so it helped me in in, in a lot of ways. Also, uh, the purpose in life, when we did our yoga teacher training, we were really stuck. What what do we have to do in life? What what brings uh, us purpose? And when we did the teacher training, we thought, okay, we have to do something with yoga because... Yeah, it's kind of the most beautiful thing to to work with. Uh, so that was the reason to start a, a retreat center because then you're always, um, yeah, have yoga in your center. You're always with like-minded people and we basically living under our yoga deck. So even when I don't feel like doing yoga or feeling a little bit sad or whatever, I hear the people in the morning going up to the yoga deck and I hear this, the, the, the music the people, the flow, and I instantly feel better. So yeah, it um, yeah it helped me in, in in such a crazy ways. It helped me also to have the courage to just keep going with Eden, and um, yeah, it's it's a big part of of my life. 
Yes, I think that's something that you can be very proud of together with Kelly because I also see how it touches the lives of people that come here and how they transform, you know, when they're here for one week. And right now we have a lot of people staying here for 25 days. And so many of them, you know, their moment that they burst out in tears and they just tell me that they haven't felt this good or this this alive in a long long time so it is yeah what you've created here in eden but also the beautiful nature and the flow of nicaragua and the ocean everything together it's it really opens the hearts of people and yeah it's amazing thank you maya and uh, thanks to our listeners Next week, we have a guided meditation, so stay tuned for that.